Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben, and in this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, we're talking to a man who has blasted his way to the top of YouTube in record time. Hey family, hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. Now in this episode of the show, we're talking to Aaron Palmer from Low and Slow Basics. There's a very slim chance that you haven't heard of him before. He's basically Australia's answer to Malcolm Reed. He is absolutely crushing it on YouTube at the moment. And he was recently, uh, he was featured as one of the top, uh, top, uh, 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 streamers to, to watch for 2021 or He'll give us the exact details on that. I just completely messed that up. <laughs> that was awful. Anyway, he will come into the show and he will tell me about that properly in just a second. Now, before we get into that, we do have a couple of announcements for you. The first is we would like to thank our podcast partner for this episode, Jagged Woodfired. If you're in the market for a new smoker a um, or a custom-built design or a commercial kitchen install, do check them out. Jules and Glenn, they are themselves grand champion winning pitmasters. They have taken their smokers that they build themselves and they have um, won the entry to the World's Barbecue Championships over in Houston. They've gone over there. They finished around number 50 or something, so they really know what they're doing. And most recently, they were awarded the KCBS International Brisket Team of the Year. So not only do they uh, know how to make smokers. They also have tried and tested and proven them all by themselves, and that is some great stuff. So do get in there, do check them out. Next up, winter is coming, so you need to get yourself some beautiful, delicious, warm, smoking hot confessions merch. We've got hoodies and beanies available to keep you warm on those cold nights by the pit. The hoodies have got our award-winning um, Hail Mary design on the back, and our beanies have that beautiful 3D stitching on the front. So both of those are done by... Uh, local businesses here on the Gold Coast. So you're not only going to be supporting us, you're going to be supporting another local family business as well. And they are really cool. Okay, Barbicon is coming, ladies and gentlemen. Do keep the weekend of June 26 and 27 free because we are putting on the world's first virtual barbecue conference. We're going to be using this amazing technology that we do with the show here that we use with the show here. And we're going to be jumping into the backyards of various pit masters and pit mistresses. Pit mistress? Anyway, various people around the country on the Saturday, they're going to be teaching us how to, uh, how to do all those briskets, those pulled porks, all that delicious stuff. And then on the Sunday, we're going to be delving into the world of business. So if you've got a barbecue business or you're looking at getting into a barbecue business, that is going to be the day for you as well. And so that is going to be some good times there to be had. Now, if you're watching this episode and you're just at the start of your journey, do check out the Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue over on our website. It's completely free for you. It's an award-winning ebook, and it is going to appear in a pop-up when you go check out smokinghotconfessions.com. You just put your details into that, and we'll shoot it straight out to your inbox. And if you are joining us live, we've already got in less than three minutes, there's well over a dozen people watching us live here to record this episode today, the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Community on Facebook. It's our Facebook group that we've set up, and that's where we do our live recordings of the show. Now, what that means is that these people that are joining us right now as we're recording, they're going to be able to leave comments and questions for the guest. You can see that we're already starting to get a few come through for Aaron already. He's not even on screen yet. It says, you love your work, Aaron. Um, that almost sounds like it's got to be Grant Neal, but I'm not too sure about that. Um, and so if you want to be part of the show, you can do that too. Come join us. It's the most friendly place uh, on Facebook. And we just hang out, talk about barbecue, all the other guff and rubbish we leave at the door. 
and it's just all about barbecue. Now, if you are watching this video on a later time on YouTube, do give us a thumbs up, a subscribe, and hit that little notification bell. If you're watching it on Facebook, it's a like, a comment, and a share, and make sure you're following us as well. If you're watching it on IGTV, yes, we do have an IGTV channel. We want the little love heart and the follow. The little love hearts are so cute, aren't they? And if you're listening on a podcasting app, Apple Podcasts, it's a five-star rating and review. They really help push us up the charts. And in the last 30 days, we have been as high as number six on the U.S. food podcast charts. So that is absolutely massive. And that's all because of you helping us out, giving us those five-star ratings and reviews. And so we want to say thank you very much to each and every single one of you. Okay, so jumping back to Aaron now. He's a trophy-winning competitive barbecue pit master, and he is from the barbecue team Low and Slow Basics. Uh, he's a very humble guy because I just realized I called him a pit master. He asked me not to call him a pit master. He wants me to call him the founder because he's a bit too humble for, uh, for me to call him a pit master just yet. So uh, he is a, the founder of the bar- uh, trophy-winning barbecue team turned YouTube sensation. As I said, they have absolutely grown exponentially on YouTube. I've actually never seen growth in a barbecue channel as fast as what they've achieved. So we're going to get a great story here today. We're going to hear about both aspects of what they do, the competitions and the YouTube. And so there's going to be loads of great stuff for you to learn here today. And I'm just laughing at myself in my head because I sounded very old when I said the YouTube. So anyway, let's, uh, let's get Aaron in here and he can tell us what's up. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Hey, Aaron, I hope you're well, mate. Welcome to The Confessional. I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Mate, it's, it's your first time on the show. It's, it's great to have you here. And uh, I'm really happy that you've set yourself up there out in your little barbecue shack. Well, not little barbecue shack. It's huge. And I'm just admiring all the, uh, all the collection of barbecues you've got set up there behind you. What a, what a wide-spanning collection. Uh, thanks, man. I'd love to have more, but this is sort of limits me to how many I can have. So I sort of, rather than having heaps, I sort of chop and change the ones I, I get sort of year in, year out. But um, no, it's, it's a good little collection. I've got each barbecue sort of set up to a, if I, if I can barbecue the whole day, I'll fire up the Weber or if I'm pretty time poor, I'll get the master built going because uh, that's pretty much set and forget. So no, it's a good little collection. Yeah, it, it kind of looks like you've almost got, got one of everything. Just give us a quick rundown of, of, of uh, what barbecues you've got. I'll move my big head out of the way. <laughs> so you've got the master built there and then you've got, Think that what do they call them other ones there? Is that a gas barbecue or something like that? I haven't used it in years. It's good for <laughs> it's good for lighting charcoal on the side burner. Um, and then you've got the Weber right behind us, Oklahoma Joe's drum, and then you've got the portable barbecue, sort of sort of like the equivalent of a of a GA. It's the Rambler they call it. It's a decent little portable barbecue with a with an adjustable charcoal grate, so you can sort of smoke and sear in it all in one. So. Yeah, I'd like, like I said, I'd like to have more. I did have an offset, and I miss having an offset, so I reckon I'll get another offset next. Yeah, sounds like a good plan. I've got a couple of questions that I just want to ask because I have an, an identical brown Weber to yours. What what code is yours? So that's an L code. I wanted, I've wanted a Weber in my birth year for ages and ages, and I was holding out for the right one. I wanted a mint condition one, and a collector was nice enough to let one go. He had a brand new in, in the box, never been used. 
and um, yeah, he was happy to let that go for the right price and I was happy to uh, pay the right money for it because you don't see them come up like that too often. So what about yours? No, you what is yours? Uh, mine's an 84. I think it's an F code. Oh, yep. Yep. Nice. I'd like to have a few more. I want to build like a, a collection of L's now. I only always said to myself, I'd just need one Weber, but now I've got one. I just want to build like a collection of different colored L codes, but you know, they're very hard to find in the other colors. Yeah. I'll have to get a, uh, get some uh, of the collectors over in the States to get behind you and start shipping them over to you. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. My, my brown Weber is actually what got me into charcoal cooking. We, um, the first house that my wife and I bought, the lady that moved out just left it chucked down the back of the garden shed. And, uh, that's what oh, got wow. me into, into, into cooking on charcoal. Yeah. Oh, there you go. All right. Oh, I do yeah. have a rotisserie, but it's up in the shed. That was, that was my first charcoal barbecue. Now you're speaking of it. Right. Uh, yeah, nice. It just stays nice. up in the shed and comes out every now and then. Yeah. So, mate, what was the last thing that you barbecued? Uh, that would be chuck roast burnt ends. Um, that was on Wednesday last week it was. So, yeah, decided to do a video film of that. Just went up on Thursday. Um, and, yeah, I've seen Malcolm Reed's chuck roast burnt ends ages and ages ago, and I've always wanted to do them. And I finally got around to doing it. and. Yeah, that was surprisingly good. I don't think they're not quite as good as brisket burnt ends, but definitely enjoyable, definitely worth a shot, especially if you if your chuck's a lot cheaper than brisket in your area. I know in the States, it's the other way around. Their brisket's a lot cheaper than their chuck, but a lot of the time here, it's it's the other way around. Yeah, we did a bit of traveling around in, in Texas, and I was surprised at just how cheap brisket is in Texas compared to what it is over here. I mean, we, we were walking through Target and Target had a freezer full of brisket. Oh it was, God. it was, it wow. was wild. It was wild. And it was, <laughs> it was, it was like $3 a kilo or something. It was ridiculous. Oh my God. That's the dream, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> brisket for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yeah, absolutely. That, that would be so good. So mate, what, what is your favorite thing to barbecue? Like, like if you're cooking for yourself, not, not for your YouTube channel, when you sit down and you go, I want to eat some barbecue, what do you cook? I love a good steak. I've always been a steak person. My background is a butcher, so I've always appreciated a good steak. So if I'm just cooking for myself and the wife and kids have gone out or something, I just love going to get like a nice Wagyu steak or a steak I haven't tried before and, and cooking that. So that's, that's definitely my go-to when, when I'm cooking for myself. And one of my favorite things to barbecue or something I find fascinating every time I cook it is a brisket. I learn something every single time I cook a brisket like something different will happen or I'm cooking on a different smoker and I'll I'll learn something every time I really enjoy cooking a brisket for them 10 to 14 hours you know it's just I don't know it's magical it is yeah yeah so we're going to get to brisket just a little bit later on but let's back up and and go back to steak are you a direct sear or a reverse sear guy depends what steak it is like if it's under sort of that inch i'll i'll just direct sear it but if it's if it's an inch or thicker i'll sort of reverse sear it um i don't know if i have a favorite between them two there's so many variables there's so many different steaks um but yeah they're, they're my two rules if it's if it's a thinner one i'll just direct sear it and um if it's thicker i'll reverse sear. 
Yeah, so good, man. That that sounds amazing. I'm I'm actually going to uh, w- when we wrap this up here, I'm running down the street to get some steaks, and uh, I'm teaching my son how to do a SCA style steak for the kids cook off down in Meat in the Dilly in a couple of weeks. Ah, nice. How old's he? He's nine. Nine, nice. My lad's almost four, and that's that's something I want to get him into. I love the idea of the whole kids queue, and I've seen it uh, last year's up in smoke, and yeah, that was. Yeah, it would definitely be a proud moment sort of teaching your kids all of that. That's definitely on the cards. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Um, go and do. My uh, my son actually plays online video games with um, Matt Staunton's kids, who Matt Staunton runs Kids Q Nation. And um, yep. so the, the boys are stoked because they're going to actually get to meet in person and hang out and then cook steaks together. I'm like, yep, that's what barbecue is. There it is. That's, yeah. that's everything right there. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, mate, tell me your your backstory. How did you get into barbecue? Uh, so, like I briefly mentioned, I was a butcher for about 10 years and um, started that in about 2006 and obviously cutting a lot of steaks and, and having that need to sort of educate your customers on, on what you're selling them uh, really got me into cooking steaks and then it just sort of flourished from there. I got, I got a rotisserie in, well, I think it was like 2006. 12 2013 and and that's sort of where it started just yeah, starting off with your pork roast and then then i was sort of just yeah researching what else you can do on on charcoal and that's when it sort of flourished from there and, and i started getting into the smokers i think my first proper smoker was a Kamado. that was a few years ago now um and yeah that's, that's pretty much how i started being a butcher i was always always liked cooking i wanted to be a chef originally but the hours and the and just the work, yeah, the working hours and the days, like the weekend work and all that, just put me off. It wasn't really a lifestyle I wanted to have. As much as I loved cooking, I wasn't really willing to sacrifice my yeah, weekends and everything to do it. I was pretty young. I started started a school based apprenticeship as a butcher when I was sixteen, and um, yeah, there was enough weekend work in that. And then knowing there would be even more of it, and the late nights being a chef just yeah, really put me off of it. So butchering it was, and half of the trade being a butcher these days, they teach you a lot on how to cook as well. So yeah, pretty much the butchering aspect and, and sort of growing up at home, mum taught me a lot about cooking and I was cooking family meals and stuff when I was about 13, 14. So wow. yeah, uh, it, yeah it all blossomed into charcoal barbecue and now I haven't really looked back. Yeah, right. What were some of those traditional family meals that, you're, uh, that, that, that you and your mum used to cook up? Oh, I think the first sort of meal she showed me how to cook was just like spaghetti bolognese and then stir fries. And then I'd be doing the roasts and all that sort of stuff from there. And, and yeah, just started off with the basics and, and worked our way up and, and I grew up and left home and continued it on. So. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So good, man. So good. And that, at what point was it then that you discovered competition barbecue? Uh, so that was in 2019. We started off, in the amateur comp at Sneaky Pickle here in Adelaide. So I'd, I think we well, first I got into the proper smoking and charcoal barbecue and created low and slow basics in early 2019. And I'm a very competitive person. So I think I was on the <laughs> SA barbecue page and seen and seen about competitive barbecue and that caught my eye. So yeah, that was, that was how we started out at the Sneaky Pickle amateur comp. And um, yeah, I had an absolute blast there. That was, that was a great day and fell in love with it since then. Yeah, the the sneaky pickle uh, that I got that wrong. The sneaky pickle, I reversed it. The sneaky pickle was a um, kind of a real focal point for the barbecue scene there in Adelaide, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it's one of the one of the best barbecue restaurants in Adelaide. And yeah, them guys are geniuses. They they just competed at the last up in smoke in February and they GC'd on their first comp. Oh wow. ADA, uh, the, huh. the owners of Sneaky Pickle. They've shut the restaurant down. I think they've still they still do pop ups and stuff here and there. But yeah, they came out and absolutely killed it in SCA and ABA. Oh, so right. They picked up a, gold, a golden ticket for the ancillaries in the SCA and then they GC'd ABA. So, oh, yeah, good really on them. Good, humble people. I, that's the first time I'd actually met them properly. And yeah, they're absolute geniuses and really nice people. Yeah, it's so good. I'd, I really regret that I couldn't get there when I was down there for um, Up in Smoke in 2019. Uh, that was when yep. I was down there, but I'd, I remember walking past and it just happened to be closed as I was going past. I was so bummed. Um, uh, but, but now you've done um, quite well in, your, in the competitions yourself, haven't you? Give us a bit of an idea of your, of your successes. Yeah, so we haven't done much. Um, obviously, the, the current situation the world's in, but um, we, were, we competed in our first sanctioned comp. We only done SCA. We were sort of, we all had young kids and stuff at the time. So we only wanted to commit to one day. So we decided to dip our toes in the SEA. I think there was double steak, uh, fried chicken, a jaffles. And I think that was the uh, four categories. So yeah, we had double steak. I was lucky enough. I practiced and practiced and practiced after the um, sneaky pickle comp. And yeah, I was lucky enough to get a fourth place in our first steak hand in. And then I won the golden ticket with the first place in the second steak hand in. So steak B if you want to call it that. And um, yeah, Callum's probably going to kill me for saying this, but he got a dead last place in the Jaffles. And then we got about <laughs> mid-pack, mid-pack in the, in the fried chicken. But yeah, no, it was good fun. Uh, absolute blast again. Um, yeah, competing against some of the best teams in the country and made a heap of new friends. And yeah, obviously fell in love with that. And me being a competitive person, I yeah, want to compete sort of in every... Every comp in SA, at least, and um, maybe do a few interstate ones. Definitely want to do a meat stock at some stage. Never been to a oh, meat stock. Yeah. Oh, really? Like Never? Last. No, no. Oh, mate, meat stock is going to change your life. <laughs> oh, I know. Barbecue, heaven. It is. It is. It's got everything. It's got Harleys. It's got hot rods. It's got barbecue as far as the eye can see. There's axe throwing. It's madness. It's beautiful. Yeah, I've seen a few of the videos Jay puts together and... Oh man, it's it's just amazing. It's you know, what dreams are made of, really. If you're a lover of barbecue, yeah, yeah. So you you got that golden ticket, and um, I, I guess it's pretty safe to assume that you haven't made it over to the states yet to uh, to compete. No, so hopefully we get to next year. They've extended the golden ticket winners' eligibility to next year's world championships. So okay, yeah. If all if all goes to plan and we're allowed to internationally travel. I'll definitely be going over there in March because they're going to hold it in March every year as opposed to October. Okay. So, yeah, I'll def- yeah if we're allowed to, I'll definitely be there next year in March. Oh. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I might have to try and tie that up somehow with, um, with uh, the NBBQA conference because that's around the end of March, start of April as well. I might have to see if I can line myself up another four-week road trip and go hit all those events. That would be awesome. Ah, that would be awesome, yeah. Trip, trip of a lifetime or having that all in one. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be That's really awesome. cool stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, so what has been your, your favourite competition experience to date then? Um, I really liked the last one we did. So the, the recent Up in Smoke, not last year's one, the one just gone. So we've done a 
competed in our first ABA and that was just a, a completely different world. We learned the amount we learned about proper competition barbecue, like the ABA was just phenomenal. Like the, the early wake up and the preparation, the, the nights and days and weeks before and, and just seeing what goes into the competition briskets and the ribs and the pork, all the categories is just a phenomenal amount of work. And it was such a good learning experience competing in that. That was, yeah, that was probably our most memorable one. I reckon like we, we really gelled as a team like that. I think we grew a lot as a team. We learned a lot and we've got a lot to take forward to the next comps and, and yeah, improve on. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing you, uh, Spreading your wings and, and, and getting into some more competitions. What is the next one that, that you've got lined up? Be Fireside, um, wouldn't it? Yeah, a lot of them have changed because Rob's moved to South Australia, I believe. So a lot of the locations have changed. Um, and I think a lot of the dates are still up in the air. But yeah, I'm on, I'm on the, I think it's the Southern Barbecue Circuit sort of group where he sort of updates everyone as to what competitions are happening where. So I'll stay tuned on that. And I think he up, there's um, updates on the ABA website as well. So yeah, as soon as I know, I think the next one is July. So, and yeah, like you said, I think it's fireside, but where it is at the moment, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if he's updated it yet, but we'll see. I'll be there if it's, if it's on. If you're looking for your next barbecue smoker or grill, Jagged Woodfire has got what you need. Owners Julianne and Glenn are multiple award-winning barbecue competitors who have even travelled to the US to compete at the World Barbecue Championships in Houston, Texas. Based out of Perth and shipping nationwide, Jagged is one of the largest pit builders in the country and has an ever-growing lineup of meat cooking machinery. Not only do they have their now famous smoker ovens, their incredibly efficient gravity-fed cabinets are proving extremely popular in commercial settings, and they also make some of the most stylish asado grills you're ever going to see. Jagged is also well known for amazingly detailed custom work ranging from backyard designs all the way to installations in commercial kitchens. Proudly Australian designed, owned and manufactured, you can find out more at jaggedwoodfire.com.au, spelled J-A-G-R-D. Once again, head to jaggedwoodfire.com.au, spelled J-A-G-R-D, to learn more. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Alrighty, Aaron. So now we've briefly mentioned your, your competition team and uh, and some of the experiences that, that you've had there, your, your golden ticket, your invitation to go cook in the States. Tell us about the, the, the team itself. How did you guys come together? So like I mentioned before, so in 2019, I started Low and Slow Basics without any idea how quickly it would sort of grow. And I was, I had an aim to put together like two or three bits of content a week, whether it's a recipe, photos sort of thing. And because it grew so quick, it was quite overwhelming to sort of keep up with content. And I had two good mates who were really good barbecuers. I learned a lot from them, uh, Callum and Luke. So I reached out to them and said, hey, like, do you want to, we want to sort of form a team and, and educate people on how to barbecue. We were very much amateurs ourselves and learning stuff. We're still learning so much stuff. But um, yeah, I reached out to them just to help out with content and see if they were interested and, and they were happy to come along. 
And um, yeah, that was before the competition sort of stuff even even was thought about. This was purely just to help out with photos and videos and recipes and all that. And um, yeah, that's sort of how we formed it. Just yeah, a few good mates that like to barbecue and eat good barbecue. And yeah, they're, they're sort of, they love their Asian sort of fusion barbecue. They're, the stuff they come up with is is unbelievable. I don't, I don't even know the name of half of the stuff they cook, but yeah, they're absolute gun cooks. Um, you know, I love, love catching up with them and getting them to cook for me. Yeah, there seems to be quite a lot of uh, fusion barbecue sort of stuff happening down in South Australia. I know um, Dane Cowan is, uh, is, is quite into it as well. Oh, man, he, he is a wizard. He, he gave us a recipe to the birria tacos he made, and, yeah, I almost cried on camera when I took my first <laughs> bite. Like, they are something else. They are absolutely gold. That's, it's literally the, probably the, one of the best things I've ever eaten. It was absolute magic. Yeah, Callum, Callum got the recipe off him and, and we cooked them up the other week and yeah, I can't stop thinking about them ever since. Yeah, I, I do have to admit I am quite jealous of that. Uh, I, I can't eat cheese and I've, I've had no, no issue with not being able to eat cheese. I've, I, I don't miss anything from when I could still eat cheese. And uh, man, I saw you do those birria tacos. I was like, oh man. Oh, they look it would so be good. worth the migraine. Yeah. Worth the migraine, 100%. Or even just leave the cheese out of them and do them. It's, uh, it's something you got to try in your life, whether yeah, it half kills you or not. I don't think it would quite be the same with like feta cheese, though. I don't think that would work. Leave, I think some people just leave the cheese off them altogether. It'd still oh, okay. be super tasty. Like the consomme is where the ridiculous flavor is and oh. the meat, of course. Like you do the consomme dip and, yeah, it's just an absolute uh, – Go to Flavortown. So good, man. So good. So you guys got together with the goal of, of creating content. What sort of process did you go through to, to sort of um, tr- make the transformation from being a content generation, generation unit to being a competition team? It was probably me being a ridiculously competitive person and, and sort of conning him <laughs> into coming to compete with me because I really wanted to do it and they're not really competitive people, but... Uh, it's something I always wanted to do and, and I sort of floated the idea and twisted their arm a bit and, and they came out and they had a heap of fun and and yeah, here we are. So now they're sort of hooked on it as much as, I don't know, if, as, as much as I am, but they were like, like we've all got young kids and we've got priorities in different areas, but I know deep down they love competing, but yeah, we've, it's a bit hard with the young ones and the, and the wives at home and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now are they, are they equally as competitive as you or are you no, always the no, one no sort way. of driving it no it's always me (laughs) (laughs) fair enough man fair enough all right so now tell me about the 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 youtube channel did that did that um uh was that before or after you started to compete in 2019 oh that was heaps before that was i sort of started off the youtube not long after i created low and slow basics and i just i've always loved teaching other people when i was a butcher i loved teaching the young apprentices and every workplace I've sort of been in, I love teaching new people. And, and when I picked up the love of barbecue, I sort of figured why not, why not teach other people and, and share this love? And little did I know it would blossom into what it is today. Um, yeah, well, I started out on a, like just filming in portrait on my phone and not even being on camera and just putting text next to the video um, to what it is now. Like I'm just, I've never done video editing, never done filming or anything like this before it's all sort of self-taught um so it's been a been a fun journey figuring it all out 
Yeah, yeah. So what what drew you to the YouTube platform over, you know, uh, Instagram and Facebook and all the rest of it? I guess that's where I learned a lot is from, I like to, a lot of people, everyone learns differently. Some people like reading things. I learned a lot from watching YouTube videos like the Malcolm Reeds and Cosmos Q and, and Pitmaster X and all of them guys. And, and I figured like, why not? There's nothing, there's not really much going on in Australia in, in terms of YouTube barbecuers and um, a lot of, and, and the other thing was a lot of people on the Facebook page were, were saying, why don't you create a YouTube? Why don't you create a YouTube? And it was already in the back of my mind. But I just didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I sort of just yeah, bit the bullet one day and created it. And like I said, it started out absolutely shocking. I've deleted so many videos <laughs> off the YouTube channel just because they're so embarrassing to look back on. Um, and I'll probably say the same thing about my current videos in, in five years. So yeah, no, it's been, it's been a good fun journey. Yeah. You've certainly come up. Uh come a long way in a, in a really uh, short period of time. Now you, you seemed to really take to YouTube. Like I've never seen before. Like some, some people sort of, you know, they, they say that they're going to start a YouTube and it sort of builds slowly, slowly, slowly. The snowball slowly gets a bit bigger and bigger. It seems like you kind of just exploded. What was the, what was the learning curve like for you? And, 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 and how did you go about learning it? So I was just trying to Google things and the, there was a really good app that helped me understand how YouTube works. It's TubeBuddy. I don't know if you've heard of TubeBuddy. Yeah. Um, it's like a, you, know, you learn a lot about how the, like SEO and uh, just how, what, what YouTube wants to see. So basically they want to, like how your description and your tags and your titles, like everything works together. You don't, you don't want to just have, like if you've made a brisket video, you don't want to have, nothing about brisket in your tags or your description sort of thing. So yeah, probably TubeBuddy. Um, watching a lot of like, as funny as it sounds, Mr. Beast is probably the biggest YouTuber there is, one of the most successful. He he actually does a few shows um, where he spills what, he, what his successes have been and what he sort of looks for on YouTube. And basically, he was completely right. People want a good thumbnail to click on and they want, YouTube want, want you to watch their videos for a very long time. So that's, yeah, I tried to cut out all the, all the crap in my videos where I thought people were scrolling through, um, looked at my analytics a lot, just really studied where I was going wrong and just focusing on trying to improve every, every video and making the next video better than the last. That's, that's where I really sort of yeah, found my way and, and started getting some really good numbers on some videos and fun and creating things people want to watch, just going right back to basics. A lot of these channels were going really over and over the top and just doing these crazy recipes that are just too much for the average person or the beginner starting out. So I really focused on the basics and, and yeah, blossomed from there. Yeah, yeah. So where do you um, uh, sort of fall on uh, Barbecue Pit Boys? Because, I mean, w- when we think about YouTube channels, there's sort of two, two OGs. There's Malcolm Reed, who you, you've already mentioned was a, was a huge inspiration. Um, and then there's the barbecue pit boys who are now so big from their YouTube channel that um, I saw a Netflix special with uh, uh, the funny actor Jeff Goldblum traveling around America oh, yeah. talking talking to different experts. And he actually Jeff Goldblum took a film crew out to the pit boys um, main recording area and did a special on on barbecue on Netflix talking to barbecue pit boys. I mean the it's. It's just, it, it's amazing where these sort of things can, can take you. Oh, definitely. Well, they're, 
yeah, like you said, they're OGs and, and the way they pitch their videos is, is like the basics. It's so easy to follow and understand. There's not all this fancy stuff and fancy editing and all this stuff you potentially just click through. Like it's just to the point, really easy to follow and understand. And yeah, like guys from guys like him, like them, Malcolm Reed, um, I take a lot from just trying to keep it basic, keep people watching and don't fill your videos with sort of stuff people will just skip through. It's not really necessary in my opinion, but some of the work some people do is also really captivating. Like Pitmaster X, I, I draw a lot of inspiration from, from and his videos are filled with beautiful edits and some really cool shots, but I just uh, don't have that sort of talent at the moment to capture them sort of shots or the camera or the time to sort of get that in. I mean, he's probably got his own video editor and stuff. I'm trying to do it all by myself at the moment. So, All right. Wow. I, I didn't realize that you're doing it all yourself. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll film everything literally behind me and then I've yeah, got my little computer in, in the room sort of just to our right and that's where I'll sit down and, yeah, edit everything as well. Wow, so good, so good. So you, you mentioned that your first couple of videos were just sort of um, you filming on a, on a phone and then writing on the, on the screen. What process did you go to, to to help yourself become more comfortable on screen? Was it Was it just practice, practice, practice or did you follow a particular method did you did you film yourself every day for 60 days and then never publish anything like what's the story between how you went from not wanting to be on camera to being one of the biggest barbecuers on camera it's not that I didn't want to be on camera it's just that I I actually thought at the time people might find this easier to sort of follow if it's just in text it's a really simple video follow this step by step but that's not what YouTube's for. If people wanted to follow a video in text, they'd just read it on a bit of paper on or on a forum or something like that. So that was really the changing point. Once I realized that, I sort of yeah, told myself, you need to get on camera. And this is why people are on YouTube to sort of watch you and, and learn from you. And um, I've never had really had issues being on camera or speaking in front of people. I was doing it sort of at work every day. Um, it was just that learning curve, I guess, of, yeah. Making, making sure people want to watch me and, and yeah, going from there. Fair enough, man. Sounds like a good plan. Now, you mentioned that there were um, uh, parts that, uh, that, that people skip through, so like content that you shouldn't put in a video. What are some examples of stuff that, that shouldn't go in a video? So I've looked at a lot of my video analytics and YouTube will literally tell you where your dips are, they call them, where people are just stop watching your video or they'll skip through it. So it's literally just points where you're in, a, in the same still frame on camera. So that's another thing I've tried working on. If I'm sitting there explaining something, I'll try and keyframe in, like basically zoom in every 10 to 15 seconds and then zoom back out. So it looks like I've sort of changed angle or I'll physically change my camera angle just so it's not the boring same shot of my face explaining something. Like it's just keeping people engaged or it might just be a 10 to 15 second shot of a steak sizzling away. Like someone's going to skip past that after five seconds. Like it's just, yeah, change, changing it up and just making sure you're keeping your, your viewers engaged, I guess. Yeah, I see. That's, that, that's really handy that, that YouTube sort of gives you that, that information in the analytics there. Um, what would be, do you think, some essential gear to get into doing a YouTube barbecue channel? Oh, just need a barbecue on a phone really and just don't be an idiot and film in portrait like I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a bit of know-how and, and your 
yeah, just a willingness to to want to do it. You've got to want to do it. You don't. Yeah, you got to have a passion behind it. And um, yeah, literally just a barbecue, a phone, and and a computer. You can. I started out using the the win the stock Windows 10 video editing app, and now I'm using Adobe Premiere Pro. So it's got to yeah, give it a. If you want to do it, yeah, that's you. You don't need much. You just need to yeah, be able to get on camera, camera phone, barbecue, computer, and just the basic video editing apps will do the trick for you. Yeah, so you can good. Sort of man. work it up from there. Yeah, yeah. Now, um. The uh, the one of the principles but behind YouTube, one of the things that that people know about YouTube is that you can make money off of YouTube. So, can you give us an idea of 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 I'm I'm not asking for you to tell me what what you make off YouTube, but just the the general principle of making money off of YouTube. How does that work? So I, th- I haven't looked into what the minimum requirements are, but I think you've got to have at least a thousand subscribers and. It's something like 3,000 hours of watch time on your channel and then you can monetize your channel and um, yeah, you basically get paid per, it's like per view or something. I don't know. It's works out to be what I've seen. It's like, I don't know, about eight, $900 per 100,000 views or something. It's like, it's not anything absolutely crazy, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good enough. And obviously some of these big YouTubers that are getting millions and millions of views per month, they'd be, making a decent amount off of it. But um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta meet the minimum requirements. Um, but yeah, I honestly don't I'm too much more into it. It sort of has grown itself. And I've really only started looking at all the analytics and stuff in the last sort of month or two to really focus on it. Oh, okay. That's interesting. That, yeah. So yeah, that's where I've seen most of my growth is in the last sort of yeah, two or three months. You know, I've got a good understanding of it. I've picked up a better camera and, and my, video editing and stuff is starting to get a little bit better. Yeah. The, the video is looking absolutely fantastic, mate. So the, um, tell us about that, that, uh, it wasn't an award, but you were named a creator to watch or something. Yeah. So YouTube once a month, from what I understand, I just got this random email one day. I actually thought it was a scam from YouTube. <laughs> like someone, yeah. And I seen it and it was, um, you're going to be the creator on the rise. And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. I was almost going to delete it. I'm like, oh, I'll look into it. And then, yeah, I opened it and it had a big spiel about um, how they've sort of watched me grow. And then I'm going to be the name of the creator on the rise for a day. And then you're going to, and I got featured on the trending page where all the, all the big trending videos with millions of views are. So my channel was featured down there and it was at a pretty bad time because I had, I didn't have many, pretty thumbnail videos i think i had my master built walkthrough my weather cleaning video they featured on the chain like on the on the trending part so it was sort of a a bad time i didn't have like the pretty birria tacos for people to click on um it was sort of the more i wouldn't say boring but less interesting less eye-catching thumbnails for people to click on at the time but yeah it was still a good achievement nonetheless to feature on the trending page where hundreds of thousands of people sort of look at every day and you could see your analytics just shot through the roof for them 24 hours that you were featured on there for. So yeah, that was pretty cool. So was that just in terms of views that, that, um, that shooting through the roof or was it subscribers? Like did, did, did people stay? Yeah, I picked up a few more subscribers. Um, I picked up a few hundred subscribers just from that. And then, yeah, my views, um, my impressions, I think I had 2 million impressions. So your impressions are where your thumbnail is shown to someone. So my thumbnail the thumbnails for my videos were shown to 2 million people wow. for them 24 hours or, or yeah, I think it was 24 hours or something. It was something crazy like that. 
Um, but yeah, they've obviously got to want to click on it. And like I said, I didn't really have interesting videos that they put in the trending at the time. So it was yeah, sort of a good thing to happen at a, at a bad time. I wouldn't say bad time, but a less interesting time. I wish I had the pretty birria tacos and the wagyu steak and all them nice, beautiful, colorful, interesting thumbnails for people to click on. But yeah, it was still, still nice to have. You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd, Ben Arnott. Alrighty, so we're into the um, we're into the third segment of our show now, and this is our our lesson and Q and A time. So for those of us, um, for those of you, sorry, who are watching us online live, now's the time to start popping those questions through into the comments. And after we've done our little lesson, then we'll we'll start putting those questions to Aaron for you. So, mate, you wanted to talk to us about uh, your, I guess, your top tips, your best advice for building and growing a YouTube channel. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh, shut up and I'm gonna let you uh, teach us. All right, so yeah, if you want to do it, like we said, you don't need much, just a, a good camera phone. I'd probably recommend a good mic so you don't get that horrible wind noise and a, and a barbecue and a computer. You just you can start out like that. Make sure you love doing it. You don't want to make it something where you, you don't want to wake up and do it every day. You want to really, really enjoy it. Make sure you're going to want to do it for a long time. I've been doing it for yeah, over two years now and I still really look forward to waking up and, and filming something new for everyone to sort of watch and learn from. Um, don't overcomplicate it and don't stress too much about it. Have fun. If you ever miss something in a video, you can always sort of catch up on it in your description. So don't, don't stress if you're going to miss something. Have fun. Look at your analytics. If you really want to grow, just study your analytics. It literally tells you exactly where you're going wrong, what to improve on, how long people are watching your videos for, where they're clicking off. Um, and don't worry about the subscribers. Like that'll that'll grow organically and naturally. Um, if you do want to grow, you want to cross cross promote as well. So share your videos to Facebook. If someone hasn't seen me share a, a video on Facebook, they must be living under a rock because I absolutely <laughs> share the crap out of my videos. But um, yeah, I get a lot of good engagement through Facebook. I've recently found Reddit has been a good one as well. I've never never ever used reddit before that's been a good one instagram um sort of recently gone on tiktok to sort of create short versions of my video where people can basically get a teaser to hopefully go and watch the full video on my youtube um but yeah the main thing is if you want to grow look at your analytics it, it tells you exactly where you're going wrong um and yeah it's don't use clickbait as well that's that's what i found i've tried using some clickbaity type titles and thumbnails it does not work for me i don't know if it works for anyone but yeah don't don't use clickbait is something i've, I've found that's some terrible terrible videos in terms of stats there was you know, just no views on it um and create good thumbnails create something that someone's gonna want to click on you don't want just a poor photo of a dull sort of back backdrop or yeah, really think about your thumbnail what what's someone going to click on and, and watch for a long time so, yeah that's that's pretty much my little youtube lesson in a nutshell there's not much to it i'm still learning so much about that and just barbecue in general at the moment I've, I've, i guess it's something you'll never stop learning but um yeah that's my little youtube learning for today i guess that's how i've sort of found success for myself at the moment and hopefully i continue to to grow at the pace i am at the moment and um yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we're at in a 
this time next year or or around then. Yeah, yeah. Now I've I've got a couple of questions that I want to put to you just to sort of unpack some of those <laughs> things that 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 you were saying there. So you um you do everything yourself, is that right? You do all your thumbnails, you do all your own filming, all your own editing, all of that sort of stuff. You don't outsource anything? No, no, not at all. No, I've learned sort of learned to do it all myself. Um, I don't know. It's just I know if I if I do it myself, I I know exactly what I want. It's really hard trying to explain to someone else like the vision in your head and getting them to execute it. So I've just found yeah, it's just easier and it's probably almost less time consuming doing it yourself because if if you pay someone else to do it and you want to make changes and you've just got to go back and forth and, and it's something I want to learn to do anyway. So you know, I just figured it would be easier and, and it'd be a good learning for myself to want to do it anyway. Less arguments if you do it all yourself too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and if you are having arguments doing it all yourself, then you need to seek help. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, there's so many things that, um, so many components to to a successful YouTube video. Now, you mentioned clickbait and titles. Can you explain a bit more about what clickbait is and what makes a good title? So I guess clickbait, like if you've made, I don't know, a video about steak, you're just doing a basic how to reverse your steak, for example, and your clickbait is basically your, your thumbnail is going to be not nothing to do with the steak and it's going to have a question in there like, oh, you, you need to see this steak. Like just drawing someone to something without really telling them why. And um, yeah, your, your title would pretty much be the same as that. Like you must watch this, um, find out why when you watch it. Like it's you know, like clickbaity type stuff. And the, yeah, you, you really want to keep it as basic as possible. I think a lot of people overthink YouTube and, and try and come up with all these crazy titles and stuff. But if you're going to do a, how to reverse your estate video. Have your title as how to reverse your estate. Like just really keep it simple. And I've found, yeah, great success in doing that. So, and and with that Tube Buddy app I mentioned earlier, it literally tells you where your video is ranking for that search term. So for my, I think it's the how to set up a Weber kettle using different methods video. I think on the how to use a Weber kettle, for that search term, I think we're ranking like number one or two in the world for that search term. Wow. And same with the the brisket in the Weber Kettle one. If you search brisket Weber Kettle, I think we were number one or one or two in the world for that search term as well. So that's that's another really interesting tool and probably a tip I missed earlier with the YouTube thing is is um apps like TubeBuddy, they have free versions that will tell you so much about YouTube and how it works and what you should be doing. And yeah, that's that's a really useful tip as well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that at all. Um, so a bad title then would be something like, I reverse seared a steak, you won't believe what happened next. Yeah, something like that. I mean, them them type of titles would probably work well if you've got a massive subscriber base already. So because that's something that your subscribers are probably going to click on. But for the average person scrolling past, that's probably not going to catch their eye. But for your existing fan base clickbait probably works better or yeah, very well but i guess there's a time and a place for clickbait and if you're someone like google foods and you come up with a clickbait title that's going to get your subscribers really watching it because he's got 2.2 million or something like that it's not going to really work for yeah, someone a bit smaller they're just going to probably scroll straight past it but that's my experience i'm not saying it's right or wrong but that's just what sure I found. sure 
That's an interesting idea, though, is that the idea that um, certain titles will appear to will appeal to new viewers, and uh, and other titles will appeal to uh, to an existing audience. I'd, I'd never thought yeah. of that before. That's a really interesting point. Yeah. Um, title. Uh, sorry, thumbnails. Tell us what you need yep. to, to to have to have a good, attractive thumbnail. I like to sort of put the end product in my thumbnail. So if I've done a really nice steak, I'll put a nice cut piece of the steak as my thumbnail. So people sort of want to see how that steak got to the end product. Like if it looks really good and they want to eat it, I'm hoping they'd want to find out how it got to that point. Obviously something with a, with a good standout, bunch of word not bunch of wording just title in the in the thumbnail and i don't know something a bit of greenery always helps to catch the eye i guess just not a dull sort of thumbnail that you know, doesn't catch the eye it's something a bit colorful that has the end product in there and, and a good clear title in there as well yeah yeah the last thing from me though i'm fascinated how did you go with tiktok oh it's <laughs> it's frustrating it's a different world man it's a really different world and i've watched someone i talk to a lot have some wicked wicked success i don't know if you've seen the smoke of the baker the ice cream maker uh yeah 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 yeah. one of his pork belly videos has 10 million views on tiktok wow like it is like he's an absolute food genius i got I've got a lot of time for him and he has one of the most beautiful instagrams i've seen and I could never understand why he doesn't have tens of thousands of followers on there, but he's really found his groove on TikTok and and he puts together some really good short videos and he's had this wicked success on TikTok. And yeah, I I haven't been able to break into that, but yeah, it's, it's a different world. It's completely different to YouTube. It's really short, captivating, right in your face sort of videos. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep at it because I think it's a good way to draw to draw people to your YouTube channel. If you can have more platforms to draw to your main sort of channel, I think that's good. And TikTok's definitely one I want to get into a bit more. And it's it's sort of a fun edit as well, trying to come up with them short little fun videos. Yeah, do you get much um, much analytics from TikTok telling you what the conversion rates are? Like you, you put up your little mini version of your steak video. Do they then tell you how many people click through to your YouTube version? No, I haven't honestly looked that much into it yet. but. If I ever make it far enough to stay on TikTok without getting frustrated, I'll let you know. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I think I've put about three videos up on TikTok and went, oh, I just don't get this. Oh, it's a different world. Very yeah. different world. Yeah, I think, I think if I looked good in a bikini and and I could do cute, <laughs> cute little dances, that then I'd probably go okay because it seems to me that's all TikTok is. Well, maybe, maybe that's what you need to try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't Barbecue think the world wants. I don't think the world wants to see me smoking a brisket in a bikini. <laughs> I don't, don't think the world's ready try. for that. <laughs> uh, all right, so we, we got a question here for you. Um, this person is saying I did a slow cooked corn meat last week on the Weber kettle with a snake. It turned out great for a cheap cut. I'd love to know how Aaron would do it. So how would you go about doing a corned meat on a Weber kettle? Well, it sounds like they've done it pretty much how you should do it. Like if you're doing a, a cheap bit of corned beef to make some pastrami or, or something like that, then yeah, your steak method is, is probably bang on. Gives you that long burn time and, and you can sort of control it a bit better. Um, 
So yeah, I'd, I'd probably do that. You've you've absolutely nailed it by the sounds of it. Chuck a bit of smoking wood on there, get some nice little subtle taste of smoke in there. But um, yeah, sounds like you've done a good job. Snake method, low and slow, Weber kettle, all sort of ties in. So yeah, I'd probably do something very, very similar. Sounds like a good topic for a YouTube video. Yeah, well, yeah. We've got a long list of videos to do, so we'll see. I'll, I'll try and fit it in. That's a good point. How do you keep coming up with different uh, topics for your YouTube videos? Yeah, so I've got, I've got a board in my little office and I've got all the videos I want to do for the next couple of months. And um, there's always a new trend sort of coming up on YouTube or, or a new combination. So if I've done a, a brisket in the Weber, then I'm going to want to do a video on a brisket in the drum smoker as well. So there's so many different combinations of, of smokers and, and briskets or ribs like to try. It's literally endless. Like you get some of these YouTubers have put a video, two videos up every week for four or five years. There's just so many different recipes, trending sort of recipes and products or a new product might be out there. I might want to do a video on a knife or a new rub. There's just endless possibilities, but I definitely always try to keep it basic and something my fan base will want to watch which is obviously low and slow basics so i've tried doing a, a few more left of field videos and they just weren't successful so I've, yeah that does limit me in the videos i can do but there's like i said there's so many combinations of different smokers i can use um different techniques you can use on the same sort of cut um but yeah will literally keep me busy for years to come Looking forward to seeing that, man. Looking forward to it. All right, well, this is a good point now for us to start wrapping up this episode. So I'm going to throw the studio open to you. Give some shout-outs, give some thanks, give some praise to people who have helped you along the way and make sure you just remind us all one more time where we can track you down on the internet. Oh, good. It's good timing because this sun is getting in a terrible spot at the moment. Um, I have just been watching it, like, (laughs) move down (laughs) your face. Yeah. Um, so the people I'd like to thank, obviously my wife and kids have been super supportive. Um, the whole journey, my teammates, Luke and Callum, I wouldn't be here without them. They've, they've taught me a lot. Um, I've learned heaps from them and we have good fun doing what we're doing. And then without elaborating too much on the other people, I'm, otherwise we'd be here all night. You've got people like Rick Carr, Tony Dick, Tom Damon, Russ, Adam Shields is someone I want to give a good shout out to. He's been a really good supporter since day one of me starting Low and Slow Basics. Um, So yeah, he's been an absolutely huge supporter and a a big reason why I keep it going because of his support. Um, I mentioned him earlier, the smoker, the baker, the ice cream maker, SA Barbecue. Um, That's been a really good page, something I've learned a lot from. And then my sponsors, Natural Smoke, Oklahoma Joe's, Master Built, Dow Strong, Olive Pip, Cosmos Q, Austral Meat and Inkbird all been really really good yeah man you've got a great list of supporters there and i know that the uh that the south australian barbecue scene is really good about um about supporting each other as well and and that's always really nice to see that community coming together so look i'm going to say thank you very much for your time today um we still have your audio but your video has has frozen so it's it's just in time for us to to end the episode anyway so it's all good uh mate thank you very much for your time and you're welcome man anytime i'll catch you later on Easy, mate. Thank you. See you guys. All right, there you have it, family. That was Aaron from um, from Low and Slow Basics. Their rise on YouTube has been like nothing I've seen before. It's been absolutely phenomenal. You sometimes meet people who just have an affinity with a particular platform, and he's obviously 
he's obviously um, very firmly um, aligned with YouTube, and it's just been great to see an Aussie really start to carve out a niche on that giant platform. So I'm really looking forward to seeing more from him and wish him all the best of luck with uh, with what he's doing. Um, okay, so now <clears throat> we're almost at the end. So before I let you go, just a, a quick reminder, big shout out and thank you to our podcast partner, Julianne from Jagged Woodfired. Uh, her and Glenn, her husband, they make fantastic smokers. If you are looking for a uniquely designed smoker that has been proven to be a grand championship winning smoker, do check them out. They do some great work over there. Um, winter is coming. Do check out our hoodies and beanies over on smokinghotconfessions.com slash shop. The hoodies have our award-winning Hail Mary design on the back, and our beanies have that beautiful, nice, big, thick 3D stitching on the front. So that's a really nice set of gear. Keeps you all nice and warm, toasty on those cold nights while you're out in front of the pit. Do keep the weekend of June 26 and 27 free for Barbiecon. We're putting on the world's first... Um, virtual barbecue conference that's going to be a hell of a lot of fun saturday is going to be all about cooking sunday is going to be all about businesses and we're going to be using our technology here to jump all around the country into different pit masters yards and uh, different barbecue business shops so that's going to be absolutely a incredible experience and we're going to bring it all to your lounge room we're bringing all that to you so that is going to be really cool keep that in mind for later on if you are at the beginning of your barbecue journey Check out Low and Slow Basics. They do some great stuff for beginners. And also grab your free ebook off of our website, The Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue. It's just won an award recently, so it's it's award-winning um, starter guide to Low and Slow Barbecue. So do check that out. If you are joining us, if you have already joined us in the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue community, thank you for all your comments and your questions that have been coming through. It's been great to see you come out and support Aaron today. Um, and last but not least, if you are watching us on the socials, do give us all the likes and the shares and all that sort of stuff. It helps trigger the algorithms that are, as we've just been talking about with our YouTube um, episode, it does trigger those algorithms, which makes those platforms then push us out further. So thank you very much for, um, for all of that time that you do spend doing that for us. We really appreciate it, and it does help us very much. So that is it. Until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>